welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. We're already at the halfway point in the NFL season, which is kind of crazy. It's flown by. Thanksgiving is just two weeks away. Let's dive right in, hitting every team, starting with the four teams on a bye. First, the Chiefs got a big win in Germany last week against the Dolphins. Jumped out to an early lead. Patrick Mahomes started to look like the offense was going to have a big game, look like it might be a total shootout. But after a 21-0 lead, Miami cut it to 21-14, made it a tight game. The Dolphins' defense definitely stepped up. The offense was somewhat disappointing, but the story, again, has it has been a lot this season for the Chiefs, has been their defense. Even without linebacker Nick Bolton, still playing at a high level. At the end of the half, game-changing play. That was awesome, especially coming on Tyreek Hill, who recently he said good things, but he definitely said some shaky things about his former team when he had left, but they forced a fumble on him at the end of the half. Mike Edwards recovered it, lateraled it, heads-up play to safety Brian Cook, who totally zoomed down the sideline for a fumble return touchdown, and in many ways that was a difference in the game, a 21-14 win for the Chiefs. And Miami is also on their bye this week. They have yet to beat a team with a winning record this year. That said, I'm definitely encouraged with the way the defense especially played. And they should get Devin Achan back after the bye week from his knee injury. So that'll be a boost on offense as well. The Eagles are on a bye. It wasn't super high scoring, 28-23 win. But Dak Prescott had a strong game against them. Well over 300 yards, three touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb lit him up again. But they made the stops when they needed it. Literally inches short of the goal line earlier in the game. And then on the final play, they stopped CeeDee Lamb about a yard short of the end zone on what would have been a game-winning touchdown. Certainly in command at the halfway point for the top seed in the NFC at 8-1. Unfortunately, linebacker Nakobe Dean is going on IR. Again, now with another foot injury, Liz Frank issue. Hopefully he's able to return for the playoffs. And it's been unfortunate that he's dealt with injuries in what could have been a breakout second season for him as a starting linebacker for them. And the final team to buy the Rams didn't have Matthew Stafford last week. Were handled pretty easily by the Packers at Lambeau. Couldn't get much going. Cooper Cup has under 100 yards total combined the past three games, which is crazy. Definitely didn't expect that. And the Rams signed former number two pick Carson Wentz the quarterback that went number two when they took Jared Goff, first of all, in 2016. And that's an interesting spot for Wentz to land. He was waiting for an opportunity. I think this is a good one with Sean McVay. But Stafford is expected back after the bye week. Now let's run through the Week 10 schedule. We're going to get some complaints. People aren't going to be happy about the primetime schedule this week, as well as the Germany game, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. But Thursday Night Football, Panthers face the Bears. The two teams that made the offseason trade with Chicago moving back in the draft. The Panthers moving up to number one to select Bryce Young, and both teams were hoping it would be the type of move that would help them get into more more so contention this year. Obviously hasn't happened. One and seven Panthers against two and seven Bears. We're hoping to see Justin Fields tonight, but he's not going to play. Tyson Bajan again will make his fourth consecutive start. Running back Khalil Herbert is also not back for Chicago after looking like he might have had a shot. Last week was a seven-point loss to the Saints. Three interceptions by Bajant didn't help. Didn't feel quite as close as the score indicated. The Saints sort of fell in control 
and not what the league expected, I don't think, when setting the schedule to have the Bears on another Thursday night game after they played the Commanders earlier in the season. For the Panthers, Bryce Young, again, needs help. Offensive line just is making things so tough on him. He probably had his worst game last week as a passer, two pick sixes in a loss to the Colts. They seem a bit lost, and I'm not sure how patient owner David Tepper will or should be in this scenario because expectations were high internally, and they said it publicly, and it's not going to be to this point. The final morning game of the year, again in Germany, Colts face the Patriots. New England at 2-7, and seven, lost to the Commanders. At the end of the game, Mac Jones on a perfect throw that would have put them into field goal range and potentially keep going for game-winning touchdown was dropped by Juju Smith-Schuster and deflected and intercepted. And that's the second time this year where Mac Jones has certainly made some poor decisions throughout the season. But that's two times this year now where he's made good passes on potential game-winning drives and receivers have dropped the passes. So that could easily be 4-5. and five. That's not the reality. And I totally disagree with the rumors of potentially firing Belichick during the season. That that seems to me that it would be absurd. And the TV cameras caught Patriots owner, co-owner, Jonathan Kraft, along with Robert Kraft. And it looked like Jonathan Kraft said, we're not good enough. And if that is what he said, I mean, that hits the nail right on the head. They're just not good enough, especially with the injuries. Mishaps with the Office of Personnel Decisions, including the contract they gave Juju, at least to this point. And in Germany, it's a rivalry matchup between the Colts and the Patriots. It's obviously died down in recent years, but two former AFC powers. The Colts, they were the team that faced Bryce Young last week, got the two pick sixes by Kenny Moore. That was the difference in the game. And taking care of the ball for Gardner Minshew. That'll be key facing Belichick's defense this week. Moving to 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, the Browns face the Ravens. These two teams already played 20-3 win for Baltimore. That came in Cleveland. Now this matchup is home for the Ravens at 7-2. Blew out the Seahawks last week. They're not just winning games. They're dominating against top teams, including two of the best teams in the NFC and the Lions earlier this year and then the Seahawks last week. Defense has allowed just 10 touchdowns all year. Keaton Mitchell, undrafted rookie running back, showed his big playability last week. Had nine carries and 138 yards and a touchdown. It's a scary team under John Harbaugh. They face a Browns bunch that dismantled the Cardinals last week, 27-0 win. There seems to be some bad blood between these two teams. Don't like each other. Miles Garrett said on Kay Adams' show that he would take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. I'm sure Jackson's heard about that. Maybe he'll be extra motivated. He definitely had his way against the Browns defense in the first matchup, so that was interesting for Garrett to come out with that. But yeah, the two teams know each other well in a rematch with the Browns looking to get some revenge on their earlier loss. Texans face the Bengals. CJ Stroud definitely surpassing my expectations at this point. I think we've got to give credit to offense coordinator Bobby Slowick with the way he's put Stroud in position to have success. Stroud set an NFL rookie record in passing yards last week, and also threw five touchdowns in a win over the Bucks. hit Tank Dell, fellow rookie, for a game-winning touchdown with six seconds remaining. And the crazy part is, he actually, uncharacteristically, because he's very accurate, he missed some throws earlier in the game, but he definitely caught fire and, again, lit up the Bucks defense to get the shootout win. So they're at 4-4, four four, looking to keep it going. 
Stroud returns to Ohio to face the Bengals at five and three. They're hot right now. Beat the Seahawks before they're by, then beat the Niners, then beat the Bills last Sunday night. We'll have to keep an eye on the health of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Chase dealing with the back issue, Higgins with the hamstring. But the key for them, Burrow looks like himself again, and the defense under Lou Anarumo is looking like it has the past couple of seasons, which is really good. Niners face the Jaguars, both these teams coming off the bye. For San Francisco, we got to keep an eye on the health of their players. Trent Williams didn't practice yesterday with his ankle issue, but Dio Samuel will be back. It would be massive to get Williams back at left tackle, would make things easier on everyone. And we'll see how Chase Young is implemented into Steve Wilkes' defense, defensive coordinator who will be now calling the plays from the sideline, a change they felt they should make, similar to what the Steelers did on offense last week. For the Jaguars at 6-2, and two, they typically play better against the best competition, and the Niners definitely constitute that. The game is in Jacksonville. Running back Travis Etienne having an exceptional season. We'll see if he can have another big game facing a tough Niners defense this week. Saints face the Vikings, two five and four teams. Saints in the mix for their division and a wild card spot right now, but they are atop the NFC South currently. Paulson Adebo had two interceptions last week. It's big to get that type of production in a stellar cornerback group with Marshall Lattimore on the other side. The offense, I've said it dating back to last year, it looks like finally they're getting it together consistently with the usage of Taysom Hill. Threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown last week, and they're much better when he's getting the ball and involved on offense. The Vikings' crazy win against the Falcons last week. Unfortunately, fifth-round rookie Jaron Hall had to leave his first career start due to a concussion, but Joshua Dobbs, who had just joined the team five days earlier, he uh, came in, basically lit it up. All things considered, was told what to do on some plays in the huddle. Didn't know many of his teammates' names. I said it was basically like an out-of-town quarterback showing up to a pickup fight football game and playing quarterback and lighting it up, except Dobbs is doing it in the NFL, so highly impressive and definitely a cool story for him to play pretty well with the Cardinals and then step in for the Vikings. Suddenly he's in a playoff position right now and looking to keep the Vikings in the playoff mix and maybe be playing meaningful games in January. And all-pro receiver Justin Jefferson returned to practice from his hamstring injury. isn't going to play this week, but we should see him again this season at some point. Packers face the Steelers, 3-5 and five against 5-3. and three. Green Bay mentioned them earlier when talking about the Rams. Defense definitely stepped up last week, traded Rasul Douglas, which a move I love by Buffalo, but hurt the Packers this season with still half the year to go. Still, the defense stepped up. Aaron Jones handled 20-something touches, living up to what Matt LaFleur said about unleashing him. And it was a recipe for a win against the Rams. I anticipate it'll be tougher facing the Steelers defense on the road this week. For Pittsburgh, the defense stepped up even without Minka Fitzpatrick last Thursday night against Will Levis and the Titans. Quan Alexander sealed it with an interception. Najee Harris scored early. Deontay Johnson scored late. The problem with Pittsburgh right now, George Pickens, he certainly can be more involved. Wasn't as happy as his teammates when Johnson scored. Wants to be more involved. Had just two catches for a negative one yard last week, but the move of Matt Canada, offensive coordinator from the booth to the sideline. He seemed to be communicating a lot with Kenny Pickett and the rest of the offensive players, and I think that's definitely a good move as the Steelers look to get to 6-3 and three in a good spot and schedule on paper. Lines up pretty nicely. Titans face the Bucks. Two 3-5 teams looking to not stray too far from the 500 mark. 
just mentioned the Titans. Will Levis, it was a bit up and down, but showed the flashes of arm talent last week again, and he's a starter moving forward for Tennessee. The Bucks can still be very tough against the run, so I'm anxious to see how Derrick Henry fares in this matchup and if Will Levis can take advantage of a defense that, again, Stroud torched last week. For Tampa, the offense, it was a bit overshadowed how well they played, losing a shootout game like that to Houston last week. Baker Mayfield was clutch, hit Kate Otten, tight end for two touchdowns, including what looked like could have been the game winner until the Texans went down the field, and Rashad White scored twice. Really like his involvement, especially as a receiver, and down by the goal line where he can get downhill and punch it in. Falcons face the Cardinals. Atlanta, the defense has let them down past couple of games. I know people get on Arthur Smith in the offense. They've been better with Taylor Heineke in there, and he'll stay under center this week at Arizona. Facing Kyler Murray, set to make his 2023 season debut, coming off last year's torn ACL, with Arizona currently in position for the top pick in the 2024 draft. We'll see if Murray can give them a big jolt. They've certainly played hard extremely hard despite it not resulting in wins even late last week getting blown out they were still playing with energy this has the makings of a gritty type of game but we'll see if murray can maybe open things up with his style of play and that's a four o'clock game we've got four late afternoon games this week second being the headliner i think from the late games lines against chargers detroit coming off the bye we'll see how they incorporate Donovan Peoples-Jones, receiver they acquired at the trade deadline from the Browns. Jared Goff says there's meat left on the bone for them to do more on offense in the second half. They get David Montgomery back from his ribs injury. I think he and Jameer Gibbs can form a tremendous duo at running back and do serious damage and make them tough to stop. It'll be a tough test facing a Chargers defense that's really stepped up. It's been good matchups, certainly face Chicago and the Jets the past two games in prime time. But the defense, they left no doubt in those games. There was a time when the Chargers would find a way to make even those matchups close. But they're playing well all three levels. They're running the ball well with Austin Eckler back. Joshua Palmer being on IR, missing at least the next three games is tough for them. Offensively, it's tough for them in the passing game. But they've got good things going right now on both sides of the ball, especially on that defense which has been under fire under Brandon Staley at times during his tenure there. Giants face the Cowboys. New York, they feel similar to the Patriots, except the injury luck has been to even worse key positions with so much structured around Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller on offense. They've both missed time. Waller's on IR. Who knows when he'll be back. And now at quarterback, Daniel Jones, done for the year with the torn ACL. Really unfortunate. Then injury loss season for Jones. And it's a shame he couldn't build on an excellent 2022 campaign. But he showed his toughness, tried to play through the ACL for play, walked off the field under his own power, even though it clearly wasn't good. And now his season is done. And wishing him a speedy recovery. Looking forward to seeing him back next year. Expected to be healthy during training camp at some point. Dallas are 16.5 point favorites this week. There's going to be problems if they don't win this game at home discussed the close loss to the Eagles last week. There's been some talk and I guess a narrative that the result exemplified how they can't win big games, which has been the case for years. I don't agree with that take. I think if anything, it showed they can, the Niners aside, I guess, because the Niners seem to have the number. But them aside, 
I think it showed they can go toe-to-toe with just about anyone. At Philadelphia, might be the toughest place in the league to play. Dak Prescott performed well. CeeDee Lamb again, I said. Jake Ferguson at tight end, stepping up in a big way. I want to see more from Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, and Tony Pollard. And if they get them going with that defense, they can certainly make some noise in the postseason. Final late afternoon game, the Commanders face the Seahawks. Seattle just couldn't get anything going at Baltimore. Ravens defense shut them down. DK Metcalf had just one catch. It was a 50-yarder, but still just one catch. The connection between Metcalf and Geno Smith hasn't been there the past couple of weeks. Again, I think I said it last week. It starts with a run game for them. Getting Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet going will be huge and open things up for everyone else. Metcalf, Lockett, JSN, Jake Bobos contributed. So look for them to get them going and the defense to come out fired up looking to get some redemption from last week. Commanders can't come into this one overconfident after getting a really good win at Foxborough. They're at 4-5, and five, still in the NFC wildcard race for sure at the halfway point. He had the one bad play with the interception where I don't know where he was throwing on a pass to the end zone. But overall, Sam Howell played really well against Belichick's defense last week, and he seems to have his teammates believing. Um, anxious to see how he and the offense fare at Seattle this week. See if they could build on the promising Week 9 outing. Sunday Night Football, Jets against Raiders. Again, the primetime schedule, especially because it starts off so poorly with Thursday night. I mean, I'm obviously going to watch the whole thing and be happy about it. It's NFL football, but I think because of the offensive struggles of these two teams, Jets-Raiders is going to get some critics, for sure, complaining about the quality of the game. But they're both squarely in the playoff mix right now. The Jets at 4-4, four and four, the Raiders at 4-5. and five. I think it's going to come down to whatever run game can get going. I trust Zach Wilson and the Jets' defense, Jets' pass rush, especially more. I think they can get after Aiden O'Connell. But if Josh Jacobs is able to get on a roll, he's going to be fed under Antonio Pierce. At home, they can pull off the win against the Jets for sure. For New York, the offensive line needs to play better. They need to protect against Matt Crosby this week. Give Zach Wilson some time. If he has time, I think he can have success. He's shown it. But again, I think the New York pass rush will be the one that makes the difference-making plays in the game. And playing against maybe the toughest matchup for receivers, I'm keeping an eye on Devontae Adams. If he's able to keep his insane Sunday Night Football touchdown streak going at 13 games, really a remarkable stretch. And we'll see if he can find the end zone despite not producing much statistically the past few weeks and then finally monday night football broncos face the bills it's in buffalo so tougher matchup for the broncos but they're coming off their bye they certainly got something going heading into the bye they're at three and five shouldn't be counting out of the afc playoff mix buffalo definitely not clicking right now on offense especially it just fell off a bit though i love the way they've gotten donkey Cade going rookie tight end showing why we believed he was a clear top five prospect, top three prospect in this year's draft. I know it's lofty. I've said it before. He definitely has shades of Travis Kelsey to him, knows how to get open, knows how to run after the catch. Had the tough fumble last week, but that was sort of unlucky how he was flipped and the ball popped out on his way to the ground. But Gabe Davis, we need to see him get going. I think we could see a deep ball, maybe a touchdown. This week against the Broncos with Patrick Sertan potentially seeing a lot of Stephon Diggs. Diggs will get his two, I'm sure. 
on the Broncos side, Javante Williams will probably be the key to success for them. Buffalo can be run on. We'll see if Williams can continue a strong play and help pull off an upset win at Buffalo. However, at five and four, the Bills not extremely desperate, but they they need a win, I think. They're at five and four and can't afford to slip up and somehow be in a position where they miss the playoffs, which would be crazy. But I think they're a team that can almost like the Bengals started slow and the thought was eventually they're gonna catch fire, even if it's not till the end of the season. And they've done that recently with their three big wins past three games. I think Buffalo similarly can at some point they need to get in, but they can get out at the right time, even if it's six or seven seed in the AFC. I still think they can win the AFC East, of course. But they just need to get in the playoffs and get clicking at the right time because that hasn't happened yet for them. We'll end this week's episode of the Wolf Sports Show there. Remember, final early game of the season in Germany this Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Hoping to see good games all week. Enjoy all the action. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.